Africa Climate Conversations. The podcast. Hello, how are you? I hope you're doing well. Thank you so much for joining me again on this week edition of the Africa Climate Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Sophie Mbogwa. The Zambezi River begins in the northwestern highlands of Zambia. It flows into Angola before returning to western Zambia. Here, it flows across the Liwa Plains and the Barotse Flood Plains. This great river then travels into Zimbabwe and Mozambique before emptying into the Indian Ocean. Now, the water at the Barotse floods approximately 550,000 hectares of land and is around 250 kilometers long and up to 50 kilometers wide. Now, growing up here, women like Flow, take use of this nutrient-rich water by harnessing grass, reeds, fiber, soil, and water to build ports, mattresses, hearts, and bugs that they sell to make a living. They also give back to Mother Nature by conserving the floodplain. But for nearly 400 years, the Lozi people have lived on the waterways of the Barotsa floodplain. I asked Antiflo why the water is so important in their lives. All this is water. You can't make these products without water. You would need water. She's busy continuously soaking the grass because of water. Yes. So water to some of us is very, very important because even when we were growing, me, I was growing up without my pills, tablets. We were just using herbal. But water was very important. You steam yourself with the water. You drink a lot of water. We drink a lot of water from life, for instance, like Nkwana. We call this Nkwana. This water from this Nkwana, that I said, it is so tasty. It encourages, if someone is very sick, sick and weak, you know, the, you, you know, appetite sometimes goes out. But when you continuously giving someone some water from Nkwana, eventually the, the appetite starts now growing, coming up. Again, water with the soil. I said we have several types of soil. It helps certain fish like bubble fish can live in a place like you can even walk on top, but there's water down there. Then Dombe is just living there. Doesn't go anywhere. It only come when the flood starts. That's when they can even move out to go from now to maybe to go and hatch and so on and so forth. So, so when there's water, this type of fish will live for so long. So in the long soil, when the long soil is just damp like that, it's just wait for a long time until the, the rain comes. Still more, that fish is going to live. Some fish die, but the ndombe will not die. So you see the importance of water. Water again at the same time. It was used during my time. There were no clinics. There was no this English medicine. And so we were living on uh, using our natural resources, using roads, using leaves using but water was very important when you have pneumonia you can use water to cure pneumonia boil the water and then you put your arms in the hot water and then when the the, the, the hands are still hot and then you start massaging although the massaging of pneumonia it can be done both with the fire you you warm your water on fire when the hands are, are hot and then you start massaging the pneumonia goes and then at the same time, the same water, when you steam the water, just steaming, getting the water, put it in here. This way, our pots, we didn't have this, whatever 
clay pots, even those three-legged uh, pots, they were not just, those were coming from South Africa. So these were the pots that we were using. Put water in here, boil, and then you cover yourself, and you start steaming. When that sweat comes out, whether it is a headache or whatever pain is in the body, eventually the, you get well. Again, you use the same hot water, pull out an axe, and you put it in fire when it is ready, and then you drop it in the cold water, and then you cover yourself. Again, you get cured if you have a headache, maybe you have a toothache, you have this, the, the, the pains that you usually experience now that you need only to drink Panadol. Those days, there were no Panadols, there were no fancy dad, there was no quinine, there were no chloroquine. This is how we eat. So water is very, very important. And water, again, this is the life of our cattle, our animals. Antiflom, the floodplains have been home to the Lozi people for a long time. The Lozis have been fierce defenders of their homeland. But what changes have you noticed in recent years? When I was growing up, our culture didn't allow the pigs to stay in the plain. Because pigs were eating food for the birds. This state, we have lost a lot of birds because of the pigs that were eating the legumes in the soil. Because pigs eat even snakes. Some of the pieces of snakes are gone because of the pigs. So now we have fewer snakes, we have even fewer species of fish, we have fewer beds that were living on, on the fruits underground. They grow during the, the flood time, and when the water goes down, beds now digging out, and then they eat those fruits and, and the legumes. But now they are not there because they have allowed the pigs to live in the plain. Now, the Barotsaland has significant historical and cultural origins, some of which are still practiced. But um, how have cultural practices changed in recent years? This, this is my own opinion. I totally believe that what we were eating that time were all medicinal. The food and so all that we were growing in the plain are medicinal. Because they can tell you, no, you go and fetch out this and this. Get the roots, boil them, and then you chew them, and then you are okay. You go and look at this and this, cook or don't cook, and eat, then you'll be okay. A special problem of stomachache, stomachache, you know, pains in the legs, and so on and so forth. We, we, we lived because of what we were eating, and some of the herbs that we were using in the plane. Now I cannot even use it because if I use it, my grandchildren and grandchildren will say I'm a witch. Those they believe in this modern medication. I usually tell people that you guys, imagine me. The first time I took quinine, it was a quinine in a very small, tiny spoon. That was 1968. Now from 68 up to the time I was born, we were using what we have. Even some of the soil, you cut yourself. Then you take that soil and just put where you are cut. It just heals. To just heal and cover itself. Does this imply that uh, much of the Lozi culture has vanished? That's what the people are saying have uh, disappeared because why people are saying, why you young people are saying culture has disappeared is because you don't appreciate us, the elders. How, where are you going to get the, the, the information? Because when we were colonized, it's like the way we lived was like a kind of satanic way of life. I remember that was 1948 when my father 
came back from South Africa, from Johannesburg in Kimberley Mines. He came with the two books. Those books, the other one showed Jesus, Jesus, and the other one showed Satan. The picture on top of the book that showed Jesus, it was this beautiful young man. The, the heart was glaring like he had a star. Around the head, his head, it was also like a star. But look at this Satan. There's a big, huge man, muscular, with big nose, big lips, big eyes. Now look at what is in his heart. There are snakes, there are lions, there are tigers, there are all these fearful things. Now I was wondering, so Satan is, so we are certain things. I even looked at my father also, he was huge. So my father is certain. How I wish that I would see the woman. Because as we had God, we had Nyambe, whom we called Nyambe, and Nasile, he has his wife. Now we are seeing this Satan alone, and this Jesus alone. Do they have wives? Because I wanted to see the wife of Jesus, how he looks, how she looks like. I also wanted this, this idea, I had it the first time I saw those two books. I wanted to see the female, how they look like, how a, a wife of a Satan looks like. Is she also huge and muscular or what? Or she, she's like me? There were questions. So when we started going for crusades, which they called they call the school, that was 1961. 1961, when I went to the first school, which is now like a crusade, when I first hear it, everybody went to hear this to see the Jesus. Personally, I went to see Jesus. When I reached there, there was no Jesus. There was this black man. But where is Jesus now? And you can't ask him. Culturally, you're not allowed to ask anything. To make matters worse, when you are young, you cannot ask questions. Whether it is a do or a don't, why is it a don't? Why is it a do? You, you are not allowed to ask. You either follow or you don't follow, and then you are looked at as a not child. I'm trying to come to why can't we appreciate the natural resources, the leaves to cure our bodies, the soil I'm talking about to cure our body, our pneumonia, our, our, our backache, and, and so on and so forth. And again, we had our own beliefs where we had people that, that we believed to, to know on how to cure the bodies. But you find when they were curing, beating drums, you beat a drum and then they use the same water with herbs. You see, that's how we got healed. But this time, promoting and continuously promoting that whatever we do, as Antiflo using my own knowledge, how I used to get cured, how my head used to get cured, my eyes, my teeth, my, my, the whole of me. Because even medicinally, the cure was, was according to the age. What happened was, when we got independence, you know independence was agreed and then the only people that went to sign under the British protectorate, it was the king, our king, and the Kenneth Kaunda. These are the ones who went to, to England to, to, to sign for, for the agreement to this country to get free. So under the agreement, which was 1964, there was a component which was left to say, ah, the Barozilan, there will be a component of making sure that they have all the powers to look after the natural resources some kind of like reserved. It was reserved 
and then after I think 1969 also. According to now, it's, it was not agreed. Because our parents have said, no, we, we never discussed with the, with the president to abrogate the agreement. There's, um, there's nowhere where it is written, we said, no, we are one nation, one Zambia, one nation. But there's a component. Every constitution, that the first constitution, we had that, that thing was there in the constitution where this land was preserved. So now, after that one was abrogated, it means all the laws under our, our constitution has to be followed anywhere. No one has the power, everything is under the president. For me, this is where our culture started becoming weaker. Even the canals, canals have been there for 404. When we got independence, after some time, especially after 1969, that's when they came to the issue of saying, you know, you losses, you are not supposed to clear the canals. We are free now. No one should not work. Because when you clear canals, it's like you are a slave. There is no slavery now. The government is going to provide the food for the people that will be clearing canals. The question is, how long did it take? It didn't take longer. And then the people now started refusing to go and clear the canals. Personally, me, I participated in clearing the new canals. What did it mean to you, clearing the canals? The canals, you dig to allow water to flow to, to another tributary big river or even into Zambezi. And that reduced the flooding? It wasn't reducing the flood. It was the canals were helping in so many ways. The canals were feeding into the river and the big tributary rivers. Secondly, the canal were helping us to grow, to grow food all the time, especially those who were along the, the, the upper land. It was growing food all the way around. Because when, when the water table raises up, even the floods also do what, even the canals do what, they get flooded. Because it is table water, it is on the same level, whether upper land or lower land. So what, what happened when, 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 when these waters are growing, when the table is, is, is raising, now that's the time now the women and the men now started re-clearing the, the canals to protect the food on the, on the soil that way along the canals. So the canals were not only just one canal, it's even from, from, the, from the area side. There's this big canal, and then the people will also, from the canal, they also dig canals to go to their feet, to their fields, to make sure that the crops are wet all the time. By doing that, it was one of the protecting of pesticides. No, wait. Um... Yeah, pests and diseases, actually. Yeah, diseases Redu reducing. So once you yeah, clear... Yeah, because those days, ah, there were, there were mm. nothing like that. And waterborne diseases and stuff like that, because living in there, so the more you clear the canal, the lesser the diseases Yes, the lesser the, the, the diseases became. Mm. Yes. So now when independence, independence came, came... That's when we were told, no, don't clear canals, we'll bring you food. Because mm. clearing canals is like enslaving people. And to what extent now you're saying that it impacted the, the now? The canals, I tell that you, is most why. of them are almost not really visible or working. When the water table rises like now, it is all flat. Because what used to happen is that you clear canals from one village to another. One village to another. No, it's automatic. When these ones start clearing canals, the other one also clears the canal. When this one opens a pretty small canal into her field, the other one also opens. But getting water from the main car, the main canal. Okay. 
Again, it was even protecting water. It was protecting the drinking water. The drinking water is not like when the water is stagnant. When the water flows under the canals, the water is a little bit clear. There are no insects swimming in the water because the, the, the insects and others are swept away by the flowing of the water. Now the water, even when the flood is, is low, the water now is stagnant. So it also brings the, the insects I'm talking about. The diseases. The diseases, yes. How, how has that changed? Because then, like I can see in terms of some areas, especially where there is settlement, the quality of water is totally, looks bad. We are still waiting for the government to give us money to go and clear. And the government has no money to give us the food mm. for work. And it's like we are waiting. If you are not giving us, we we'll vote them out. So voting but, everybody out, yeah, voting, voting, yeah. and things are not working. When things were done by ourselves, okay. now it is the government. The government has told you, no, you, this is your right. By then, were there rules by which you knew if you don't go clean the canal, then the repercussions? Or was it done because it was this spirit of togetherness? For me, it was some kind of appreciation. It, it was one of the livelihood strategy. Because if, if I don't clear, my smoker now to my to my, to my garden mm -hmm. or to my field it will soon get flooded and the others on their own will start making noise and they will report you to the induna to the village induna and mm. the induna will penalty will give you a penalty yeah who wants to do that and in fact why should i have a field and then i need water slate water like that what will my children eat do you think it's possible to sort of for this generation currently in terms of that where your generation cared for nature genuinely and free because it you co-shared you benefited from each other do you think it's possible for this generation to actually go to back to that <laughs> i think it is your I, I think it is on upon you young people especially the learned one the learned one our education system even when i went to school that school i went through struggling we had we, we had fields ourselves we had fields and these fields were helping the teachers to get some food from the field to pay the teachers that were coming from in the village because they used to hire people from the village to teach us this how to how to weave how to make a broom how to make a basket the government was not their role it was the initiative of the of the teachers but the teachers couldn't contribute to the appreciation of these people, old women and the men in the village. So what do they do? When we harvest that field, when we harvest from the, 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 the gardens, the tomatoes and the onions, and, and, and those are the ones we take to our teachers, those who teach us and they were happy. You, you, you see how, how life was. And they were, not, they were so excited also to contribute to school so that the children went there because it was like in my in my time it was like you learn on how to use your hands mm. because it's not everybody who is going to be a teacher because those days our role models were only teachers there were no clinics so the only role model was a teacher that will go to school you become a teacher so now for the teachers for the parents to appreciate education the child is going to go to is going to become a teacher is going to work but then they were saying it's not everybody who's going because when they come during the exams when you are closing see the, the parents see some of their children are failing so they know this one who has failed will never be a teacher now 
if you fail and you will never be a teacher, how are you going to survive but you went to school? So school also handcraft, uh, carpentry, blacksmithing was also part of education, initiative education to our time. Mm. Yes. So this time, mommy, I tell you, teachers that are teaching and the teachers that are at colleges around here, they come here, they buy my products, they take to their colleges, they take to whatever they want to take. If it is children who are starting grade 7, grade 9, grade 12, they buy this product from here, take to school. I don't know how much, even how the teachers are managing to determine how much this, the child has gotten from this product which the child has not made. Secondly, is that going to help the child? Neither the teacher, because the teacher doesn't know how to make it. It was some two weeks or three weeks ago when I was discussing to some of the teachers that they are making distant, they are on a distant learning. So they were running up and down buying my product. No, we are, we, we, we need to sit down and Google, you know, and whatever Google means. We Google and do what? Some of these things are there on the, when you Google, you see them. I said, this is the challenge because I hear this machine. This is speaking machine. When you, if you Google like this, it will bring pictures from Kenya. But do we make the same product like the, what Kenya is making? So, so Googling has even becoming worse. So they Google, look at it, can you make this? I can even show you pictures which have been sent. So the question is, the teachers who were supposed to mold, the teachers who were supposed to share this skill, do not know how to do it. If they know, they do not have time. And you can't blame them. They have no time because of so many subjects. But where is the world going to? I met the World International President for Youth International Schools. I met them. The, the President is from UK. The Vice President is from China. The two of them, especially this one from China, she even told me, even our time, we were, our poverty levels, it was just like the way you are Western Province, at 2.2% and 2 GDP. So we had to sit down and say, we still have parents. We went back to the parents to consult. And then it was agreed that if we throw our culture, we are done. Because trying to copy what others that are failing, because even if they give you information, they will not give you the whole information. They will give you part of the information. You come back, you start doing it, you are failing, you are stuck somewhere, which we are doing now. All the education system that you are getting, people get degrees and masters. I asked some of them here, said, even doctors, your teachers, whoever, the, the one who went to take agriculture. Why can't you use the skill to come up with a small business, to come up with a dispensary, to come up with a learning institutions so that you share the skills? It's not coming out. People are still crying that the president has to, to employ everybody, which is an issue everywhere. So it is upon you, the young people. Munga, you researcher, you researcher. It was you you are picking today, but I tell you, it's not easy. Me, my grandchildren, you can't find them here. This one, this young man you've seen there, he's my nephew. He's waiting for result for me. He has finished his college. He has no interest in what I'm doing. He, he has seen his education, his life, and so on. It's just totally depending on how I work with the people in the community. Doing what we are doing. We get money. But he's not, and I cannot blame him because from the school is is brilliant, this young man. From the school, he has very good results from grade one up to, I don't know now during this time. 
what result is going to get. He is hoping to go and get employed or work for someone else. Mm. You've seen that. So what do I do? Uh, me, it is even worse. He will tell me that I die. This is old way of doing things. He Google's here. He finds all the information is here. He finds even how to make business and so on and so on. But he doesn't know how to start. He has even no passion. Well, the thing <laughs> is a passion. You have to have passion, commitment, and and all that in order for you to succeed and do what you want to see and live and eat. Because this is just eating. Me, I'm not doing this today. Maybe in my age, in my age again, getting richer. How? I can't. But now that's why I'm saying, if I have an opportunity, I will do that. I remember for the last last year, we, we had a training here. We were trained two children from National Park. Girls, small girls with children. They brought them here, exposed. They were, got excited. Do you want this? They said, that's how now the, the donors now wrote money. Okay, and flow, go and share the skills with the children. But what about those who will not find someone to go and see and flow so that she can share the skills? Nothing. And Flo, we have to end it there. Let's <laughs> <laughs> actually discuss for the whole day and night. And that was Florence Monde Moluka, an 85-year-old lady, popularly known as Auntie Flo. She is the founder of the Limulunga Lamukua Craft Women Club in Mongu District, Western Province of Zambia, speaking to us about religion, colonialism, education, and their effects on the Lozi culture. And this is not just about the Lozi culture, but about the African culture as a whole, which begs the question, is contemporary education benefiting the lives of the African youth? or is it pushing them further into dependency? Thank you so much for visiting the Africa Climate Conversations. Remember, you can listen to this and many other podcasts on Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts, as well as any other platform where you listen to your podcasts. In addition to our website, www.africaclimateconversations.com. With that, we end the coverage of Zambia and return to the East in our next episode. Asante Sana, you know how much I appreciate your many, many appearances on this podcast, you know? So thank you. I will see you again in two weeks' time. Sophie Mbogwa is my name. Africa Climate Conversations. Thank you.